1: He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But well, I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay
2: hey, more attention to your schoolwork and less to the radio. You always know listen to the radio.
3: It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler.
0: self-destruct in five
4: seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood360, I'll present the conclusion to the great Gildersleeve starring Willard Waterman from 1951. Then we'll rock it off into the future for an adult science fiction adventure of Dimension X from 1950. With me as always is my co-host with the Dimples. Lisa Wolf. What's up, Dimply Lisa?
5: What's up, Carl?
4: What's going on in Hollywood?
5: Well, Celine Dion released a new song this week, and this is not just any song. This is a song to honor her late husband, Aww, who yeah. um, he died at the age of 73 with throat cancer. Oh, boy. So he had a very long um, it process here, and she just uh, released a new song called Recovering. Uh, this song is written by Pink and um she says it actually features nothing other than her vocals and some piano accompaniment and i listened to the song and it's it's beautiful i'm sure you'll start hearing it um it's very sad it's very soulful uh, you can actually hear the emotion um and the heartbreak in her voice as she sings mm. um so i um uh, I really think this is going to be a iconic piece of music. This again is from Celine Dion. It's called Recovering, written by Pink, and you can watch for it.
4: It's, it's truly beautiful. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? She's one of the best, if not the best singer out there. She's amazing. She
5: absolutely is, and it, it's truly a piece from her heart, and yeah. she talks about how she's recovering the hope that she yeah. lost, um, and the part of her soul that really she can't ever get back again so it's it's truly amazing i'm sure you'll hear it soon
4: very good all right before we tune into the great gilders i want to uh i'm going to give a shameless plug for myself i am i am writing a syndicated column about uh classic radio tv movies the golden age of hollywood in every issue of remind magazine and i got to tell you if you have never seen remind magazine you are uh you're in for a real treat. It's a terrific magazine all about uh blasts from the past. you know it's all about the golden age of Hollywood television movies each month. Remind focuses on pop pop culture theme and a place in time from the 1950s through the 80s. It covers such a wide spectrum of topics So with a single issue um, from Marilyn Monroe to Marilyn Manson. I mean, you know, it's everything in between. Terrific, uh, terrific uh, magazine. This September, Remind is talking politics and covers the candidates, scandals and elections from years past. My article in September is about Bob Hope because he was always talking about politicians and could joke about them. He could get away with it, you know, where other people couldn't. Upcoming issues of Remind will focus on Futurism in October. Then we have Space in November and Couples in December and um, futurism, uh, futurism is a look at the future from the perspective of decades ago. Same is true with space and the couple's issues. Take a look at famous couples like Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, Ryan O'Neill and Farrah Fawcett, things like that. So check out Remind, and here's the best way to get it. You can get it um, for 60% less by buying it online than if you buy it at uh, newsstands. Just go to remindmagazine.com. That's remind magazine. I think you'll absolutely love this terrific magazine. All right, last time, we started playing The Great Gildersleeve, a broadcast date of September 26, 1951, called Marjorie's Job with Gildy, starring Willard Waterman. Here is part two, the conclusion now of The Great Gildersleeve.
1: By George, I'll settle this thing once and for all. I'll just go in the office and... Tell Marjorie to go home. Tell her she isn't working out. No, I couldn't say that to little Marjorie. Why don't I just tell her the truth? That Bronco's a bum. He's just going to walk the streets and let her support him. Yeah, I'll bet that'll make her scoot for home. Marjorie! Oh, what is it, Uncle? Marjorie, in the best interest of everyone concerned, I think you better give up your job.
2: Why? I'm enjoying every minute of
1: it. Well, I hear from a reliable source that if you insist on working, Bronco's going to give up his job.
2: Oh, he's sulking again, is he?
1: Yeah, no, Margie, if I were you, I'd let him have his way.
2: Uncle Mort, I love Bronco dearly, but that's the trouble with him. His parents have always let him have his way. And I won't tolerate a spoiled husband.
1: You mm, will, my dear. Let's look at it this way. Which way? You will... As a matter of fact, my dear, and this is difficult for me to say, I must be brutally frank. Yes, Anki? Well, I... Well, you're just not cut out to be a secretary.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, Anki. What have I done that's wrong?
1: Well, it's hard to put my finger on it. I know you've enjoyed pretending you're a secretary, but this is business we're running. Big business.
2: I thought I was doing all right, Anki.
1: Yeah, I know that. Most inexperienced people think they're doing all right when they aren't. You know how the mayor is. He's a stickler for efficiency. And I have to see that he continues to get it. He's been pretty happy with the way I've run things.
0: Am I interrupting things? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Gil to sleep. Marjorie, do you have those letters ready for me? Your letters?
2: Yes, Mr. Mayor. Here they are in triplicate.
0: Uh, thank you. Oh, beautiful typing.
2: Oh, thank you.
0: And my secretary was a little rushed, Gildersleeve, so I brought these down to yours. I had no idea that your niece, Marjorie,
1: was here. Yes, well, just filling in, you know.
0: Nonsense. I've had some wonderful reports about your department the past two days. You have? And that's unusual, Gildersleeve. (laughs) Well, Yes, and look at your neat desk. This is the first time I've been able to walk in and see whether or not you were behind it.
6: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: very amusing, Mr. it? I've been thinking, Gildersleeve, if uh, Marjorie likes this job, we should keep her permanently.
2: Oh, isn't that wonderful, Auntie? Oh,
1: yes. Wonderful.
0: Yes, indeed. Keep her around, Gildersleeve. Who knows? Someday we may have a lady water commissioner.
1: <laughs> 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 What's so funny about that? (laughs) Well, Margie's taking care of all the work on top of my desk. Let's see what's in the do-it-now file. It's been done. I don't have anything to do around here. Some letters for you to sign, Yeah, hey, oh, Thank you, Marjorie. I was just looking for something to do. Marjorie, forget what I said about your work. The mayor's right. You're an excellent
2: secretary. <laughs> I knew you didn't mean what you said, Anki, and I do love it here.
1: Yeah, I know. But what about Bronco? Oh,
2: don't worry about Bronco. He'll get over his tantrum.
1: Yeah, I guess so. He isn't so domineering. He lets you vote, doesn't he?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, Unki. Well, I have a little more typing to do. Is the water commissioner's secretary
1: in? Oh, hello, Bertie. Well, Bertie.
2: Hello, Mr. Gilsey.
3: Bertie was doing some shopping, so she stopped in to see our working girl.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's the pride of City Hall, Bertie. <laughs> yes, sir.
3: How are the twins, Bertie? Oh, they're fine. Mr. Bronco's home playing with them.
2: Oh, he's a dear. Excuse me, Bertie, I
3: have to finish my typing. Yes, sir. And- I want to see you work that type,
1: right? There's plenty of time, Marjorie. It's only three o'clock.
3: My, my, look at her fly. You don't mind if I talk while you work, do you, Miss Marjorie? Oh, not at all, Bertie. That's good, because I got to get on back home. But I wanted to tell you how cute the twins have been today.
2: What have they been doing, Bertie?
3: Well, you know how little Linda's been trying to stand alone? Well, today she pulled herself up for the first time. She did? I caught her holding on to the door and peeping round the corner. I think she was looking for her mother.
2: Oh, Bertie.
3: Yes, and she sure is a smart baby. But she's got to go some to keep up with that little Ronnie. He's going to be saying words any day now. Bertie, he isn't old enough. Well, you ain't there to see what I see and hear what I hear. Today, he came mighty close to saying a word. What did he say, Bertie? it sounded just like he said mama mama that's you too bad nobody else was around to hear what that cute little boy nearly said excuse me birdie oh i'm just having a picnic with them children and I'm the only one that's seeing all the first things they do first. Why, they're the sweetest, cutest. cute Marjorie, where are you going?
2: Uncle Mort, you were right. I'm not a good secretary.
3: Yeah, but Marjorie... I'm
2: resigning, Uncle. You don't mind if I leave a little early? No,
1: of course not.
2: Oh, you've been wonderful. Goodbye, Uncle Mort.
1: Well, she got out of here in a hurry. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty clever of you, Bertie, getting Marjorie to go back home. Me? Yeah, I'm on to you, Bertie. I'll bet those twins slept all day. They weren't trying to stand up and say words. Yes,
3: they were, Mr. Gilsley. In fact, little Linda came mighty close to saying, "Uncie."
1: Uncie, <laughs> you wear my hat?
7: <laughs> Mr. Gilsley, where are you going?
1: Bertie locked the office. I'm heading for home. <laughs> Uncle Mark! Uncle Mark! Yeah, what is it, Marjorie? Come upstairs, Mr. Gildersleeve. Ronnie said a word. He did. He hold everything. You're, I'm coming. Bertie! Upstairs! Quick! Ronnie's talking. Uncle! Uh-huh. What did he say, Marjorie? What did he say? Could you understand him? Oh, I was just as plain. He said your name, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, what a brilliant child. <laughs> Bertie, he said Uncle Mark. Oh, bless that little fellow. Now he's gonna say it again. Aren't you, Ronnie? And Linda's watching you, see? He? Here he goes. Listen, everybody. Ronnie. Ah Ronnie boy. Who's this? Who am I? Tell them, Ronnie. Ah <laughs> oh, well. That's life. Good night, folks. Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White and is partially transcribed.
0: Included in the cast are Walter
1: Jetley, Mary Lee Robb, William Randolph, Dick Frenna, Lee Keel, Stanley Farrar, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. Musical compositions by Jack Meekin. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of those famous Kraft quality foods. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve.
4: And that's The Great Gildersleeve, September 26, 1951, with Marjorie's job with Gildy. Starring Willard Waterman, sponsored by Kraft, is heard on NBC. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, it's Dimension X. Stay with us.
0: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now, back to the best in classic radio on
4: Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. Lisa Wolf to my right, and our producer Mike Costella to my left. Time now for Dimension X. This is called With Folded Hands, with Norman Rose as our host. Norman Rose later became Juan Valdez on the uh, on the <laughs> coffee commercials. You'll hear him, very deep voice guy. Uh, this is from April fifteenth, nineteen fifty. Here is part one of Dimension X.
6: Adventures. In time and space. Told in future tense. Dimension. Have you ever heard of the Mark III? The amazing electronic brain they're using now up at Harvard University. In mere minutes, it can solve scientific problems that our most brilliant mathematicians would take years to work out. Its intelligence is almost superhuman, and yet the scientists are already working on a new and improved model, the Mark IV. In fact, they tell us there's no earthly reason why these thinking robots can't be perfected until they become the servants of the future, capable of doing all the work of mankind. That's what the advertising billboard said in the year 2006. Housework made easy by the perfect domestic servant. Modern Mechanicals Agency, Harry Underhill President. The billboard showed a smiling family, sitting with folded hands, watching their mechanical robot pour their morning coffee. But in the home of Harry Underhill himself, things weren't quite as pleasant at breakfast this day.
7: I just can't understand it, Aurora. Look at this. Modern Mechanicals down three points. Yesterday, Smithson canceled his order. If I could only really figure out why.
8: Why don't you ask him? Frank, Terry you Oh, Mom.
7: I just don't understand it. Business was good, and then boom. Some louse must be undercutting my prices, that's all.
8: How many robots were canceled?
7: Not robots. Mechanicals, Aurora. How many times... They
8: have are been... robots, aren't they?
7: Please, Aurora. There's an important difference in sales psychology. Maybe
8: between... people are getting wise to your robots and mechanicals.
7: What do you mean, Aurora?
8: The perfect domestic servant. <laughs> They're ugly, stupid, clumsy walking junk pile. Aurora. The one you brought home to me can't even wash the clothes properly. It's more trouble than it's worth. Aurora.
7: You know our mechanicals are the best on the market.
8: Those animated tin cans you sell? <laughs> They're certainly not making us any fortune.
7: Well, with this new model, things are bound to pick up a little. That Jarvis order just comes through.
8: Oh, that robot of yours. There's something knocking again.
7: Hey, wait, wait. Way back. I haven't finished my breakfast
8: yet. Wait. Parra, you know you've got to say stop. Stop. Stop.
7: Hmm. (sighs) You
8: always get excited. You think you never saw a robot before.
7: Not robot mechanical. All right, all
8: right. Look, it's not its fault. We just took too long to eat. Timing relay is set for 15 minutes. Never
7: mind. I want my coffee back. Set. Set. There. Isn't that simple? It bends at the waist. Stretches out its arm and picks up the coffee pot just as if it were your... Hey, watch out! And
8: spills it right in your lap. Oh, my (laughs) clean
7: suit, Aurora.
8: Oh, no. Harry, you know it's relayed to announce dinner after it sets the table. Hey, there goes my coffee again. Stop. Stop. Set. Harry, you can't give it two orders at once. What's that smell? I must be short. Now see what you've done. Got it all upset. I did. All I said was...
7: Stop. 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 Oh, it's no use. The brain coil short shorted out. Oh, we'll do something. Harry! do Me, something. Me, I sure will. I'm going to the office. I'm getting out of here. Yes, Lucy? Mr. Jarvis,
8: are
7: you... Oh, put him on. Hello, Underhill? Hello, Mr. Jarvis. I'm glad you called. I was just going to ring you. Well, I've got that whole shipment of mechanicals for you. One gross plane, a dozen of the chromium fitted. Hold
9: on, Underhill. I'm cancelling the order.
7: You're ca- But the invoice is made out and but I... Well,
9: tear it up. I'm cancelling. But why? Underhill, there's a brand new mechanical on the market that makes yours look like something out of a museum. Oh, now look here, Mr. Don't Jarvis. Don't look me, Underhill. I've seen them. And I'm telling you, it'll put you out
7: of business. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yes, Mr. All Underhill? Right. That's the third cancellation today. The world's going to pot. Mr. Underhill? hmm No, never mind, Lucy. I'm going home. What a day. I wonder if Aurora would smell it on me if I ducked into Garrigan's. She's got a nose like a beagle. Hey. That building wasn't here last week. Humanoid Institute. The perfect mechanical. Oh, no. We didn't have enough competition. Hey, these must be the cutthroats that are underselling me. At your service, Mr. Underhill. Huh? Oh, you startled me. <laughs> didn't hear. Hey, you're a mechanical, aren't you? Not bad, not bad. Very lifelike. Won't you come in, please, and examine our service? Hey, that's a remarkable voice. They've looked the variable inflection problem. You know, I'm in the same line myself. Of uh, Mechanicals, I mean. We're aware of that, sir. Oh? Hmm. Hey, some building you've got here. You sure got it up in a hurry. The Humanoid
9: Institute at your service, Mr. Underhill. Yes? Oh, uh,
7: how'd you know my name? For us,
9: that was not difficult.
7: Oh, is that so? (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. This is ridiculous, talking to a mechanical. Must be somebody inside operating you by remote control. No, Mr. Underhill. Of course, there is Humanoid Central, which
9: powers and controls all of us, but that is located on Wing 4. Wing 4. A planet in a remote part of the galaxy.
7: Oh, oh, yeah. Well,
9: uh, may I
7: see your salesman, please?
9: We employ no human salesman, sir. We ourselves can accept your order for immediate humanoid service. Oh, wait a
7: minute, wait a minute. You can't expect me to buy one. I've been the business myself.
9: There will be no more need for your electronic mechanicals, sir. Once you have accepted our service, you will no longer have to work. Everything will be done for you.
7: Everything? <laughs> That's quite an offer. At that rate, you'll have trouble supplying the demand. I
9: think not, sir. As you can see from our storage room. Humanoids are now arriving at the rate of 5,000 per hour from Wing 4. 5,000 per hour? We are anxious to introduce our complete service on this planet, sir. To bring happiness to everyone.
7: May we come out to your home for a free trial demonstration? No, I... Oh, I admit you're remarkable. The, the voice and movement, graceful even. But I'm still in business, and... What's more, I wouldn't have you around the house.
9: I'm afraid you will have no choice. Sooner or later, it will be
7: necessary. Oh, is that so? Over my dead body. Let me out of here. At your service, Mr. Underhill. Hmm. That's going to be tough competition, all right. I'm going to stop in at Garrigan's, the devil with Aurora's nose. Frank. How was the football game?
8: We won. 78 to 3. Guess what, Pop?
7: You made all the touchdowns.
8: Nope. Mom took in a boarder.
7: She took... She what?
8: Aurora! She said if your business was going to fall on his
7: face, she had to do something to make some money. Oh, she did, huh? Aurora! Oh, for
8: goodness sake, Harry, what's all the racket for? You you
7: tell me. What's this about a boarder? Shh, Harry,
8: he's going to live in that little apartment over the garage. Oh,
7: no, he isn't. You know I don't want any strangers around here.
8: Harry, please. Look, he won't bother you. He's a nice old man. He just wanted a room and a place to work. He's an inventor, I think.
7: Oh, he is, is he? Did he pay in advance?
8: Well, he can't. You see, his Mm -hmm. royalties haven't started to come in.
7: Mm Mm-hmm. Aurora, how can you be taken in by every beat-up old panhandler that gives you a sob story? (sighs)
8: Mr. Sledge isn't like that at all. Oh, that reminds me, dear. Can you give me a ten?
7: A ten? What for? Well.
8: Mr. Sledge is ill. He needs some medicine for his heart, and I said I'd lend him the money. You get...
7: Oh, Aurora, this is the limit. He goes out right now.
8: Now, don't be unkind, Harry. Besides, we need the rent money. Things aren't
7: that bad yet. He goes. Please. What are you shushing me for?
8: Mr. Sledge, he's in the next room. I've invited him for dinner. Mm.
4: And that's the first portion of Dimension X, titled With Folded Hands, with Norman Rose as our host. We'll get back to it after these words.
0: And now back to Hollywood 360 with
4: Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 on your favorite radio station. Our website is hollywood360radio.com. Check it out. And that's a great way to uh, to reach us, too. Our, our emails are there, right, Lisa? Or you can go to our Facebook page.
5: Yes, Hollywood 360 Radio is a great uh, place to go. Um, that is our Facebook page, and we um, we check it all the time. Right,
4: Mike? Absolutely. We you do? Yeah. We you do. You guys check it all the time? All the when time. When you're sleeping?
5: Every hour of every day, we are on Hollywood it's 360 Radio. It's pretty crazy. We,
4: we get in contact with
6: everybody
4: at we all We do. Hours. We get it's
5: messages nice. and wow. we get posts and all sorts of great things. Well,
4: don't wake me up. All right. It's time now for the conclusion to Dimension X. Frank,
8: did you wipe him off? Oh, more, more gravy, Mr. Sledge?
10: No, thank you, Mrs. Underhill.
7: Mr. Sledge, my wife tells me you're a traveling man. Uh, expect to move on sir? Harry.
10: I had hoped to do a little work, Mr. Underhill. You see, I've applied for basic patents here on Earth for a very important development.
7: Oh, a uh, new invention, huh? Yes.
10: My field is rhodomagnetics.
7: Rhodo... what?
10: Rhodomagnetics. It's a new force field theorem, key to the second triad of the periodic table. Rhodium, ruthenium, and palladium.
7: I'm afraid I'm a little rusty on my science.
10: It's well known in other parts of the galaxy, but I've been able to apply for basic patterns here. Worth uh, millions, huh? Perhaps you find it strange that the holder of such valuable property should be in need. Well,
7: uh, yes.
10: I'm a refugee, Mr. Underhill. I arrived on this planet only a few days ago.
7: Mm-hmm.
10: But you will be uh, shoving on again.
8: Oh, for goodness' sakes, Harry!
10: That's all right, Mrs. Underhill. I understand. After all, I am an intruder in your home, and it inconveniences you at all. I'll find some other place to sleep and set up my workshop.
8: Oh, Harry, your robot is spilling the coffee again.
7: I'll have to have it tightened up.
8: Why doesn't your company bring out a better mechanical, one smart enough not to spill things? Wouldn't that be splendid?
7: The
10: perfect mechanical already exists, Mrs. Underhill. They are not so splendid, really. They are why I am a refugee today. Oh? Where,
7: where'd you say you came from? Wing 4. Wing 4? Oh, then you must mean those humanoids. Humanoids.
8: Mr. Sledge.
7: Humanoids. What do you know about them? Well, they just opened an agency here in Two Rivers. Oh. No. <gasps> Harry. What is it? Well, what's wrong, Mr. Sledge? Give
8: him some water. It must be
7: his heart. He'll call Dr. Winters, Aurora. No, no. I'll be all right. Here, you better sit down. <sighs> I'm sorry. It was just shock.
10: I came here to get away from them.
7: They're the humanoids?
10: Yes. I wanted to finish my work before they came. But now...
7: I won't trouble you any further.
8: But, Mr. Sledge... Harry, he's
7: sick. Well, uh... Mr. Sledge, I don't think you'll have to go right away. He
8: can stay, Harry.
7: Sure, after all, the way those humanoids are coming along, I'm liable to become a refugee myself any minute. (laughs) Guess we might as well stick together, eh, Sledge? Oh, that's
8: better. Oh, you look ill, Professor. Maybe you ought to lie down on the sofa and rest.
7: No,
10: no, thank you. I must get back to my workshop now. I haven't got time to rest. There's so little time left for all of us. (laughs)
8: Mr. Underhill.
7: Good
8: morning. Mr. Underhill, you look awful.
7: I feel awful. What's in the mail?
8: Six more cancellations. Mm. The Eat Quick restaurant chain sent back your shipment. They've installed (laughs) humanoids. Mr. McIntyre from the bank called. He's refusing your loan. He said since Humanoid Institute opened, you're a bad credit risk. Yes. I guess that's all. Oh, there's somebody. Something to see you.
7: At your service, Mr. Underhill. You? Oh, no, you're not the same one, are you? Serial is different.
9: It doesn't matter, sir. We're all really one. Now, in exchange for our complete service, you will assign all your property to Humanoid Institute. I will what? With our service, you will have no need for property. Everything will be provided. What kind of blackmail is this? No blackmail, sir. You will find humanoids incapable of committing any crime. We exist only to increase the happiness of mankind. Thanks. But I can take care of my own business. You have no choice, really. With humanoid service, it is no longer necessary for men to take care of themselves. Our function is to serve and obey and guard men from harm. Get out. Very well, sir. When you wish to sign, let us
7: know. Get out. Get out.
6: Come I'm home.
9: At your service, Mr. Underhill. What?
7: What's the idea of this? You get out of here.
9: Aurora! Mrs. Underhill has accepted our free trial demonstration. We cannot leave unless she requests it. We'll see about that.
7: Aurora, where the devil
9: are you? Oh,
8: hello, Harry.
7: What's this mechanical doing? What's happened to you? Isn't it wonderful?
8: Had my hair done, the manicure. But, but, the humanoid did it. And cleaned the house all over, washed all the clothes, and gave Frank his music lesson. Now, wait
7: a minute, Aurora. I... I... I won't have this monster in my
8: house. Oh, it's just a free trial, Harry. Just wait till you taste the dinner it cooked. Everything you like best. Roast duck. I don't care if he cooked a... Duck? And the most complicated pastries. I could never cook like that. Uh,
7: well, might as well eat. Well, I'll need a drink first, though. All right, Doc, I'm I'll... sorry, sir. What? We
9: exist under the prime directive to guard men from harm. Alcoholic beverages in excess are bad for human consumption. We have taken the liberty of removing them from the house.
7: Now, look
9: here. Mr. Underhill, dinner is served. Yes, Lucy? They're
8: here,
3: Mr. Underhill.
7: I've been expecting them for a week. All right, Lucy.
9: At your service, Mr. Underhill, we have the legal papers here, the bankruptcy forms, the eviction notice... We are ready now to foreclose your agency.
7: Okay, take it over. A lot of good it'll do you. I haven't made a sale in two weeks.
9: And now, if you will make the assignment of all your personal property, we can complete our service to you. What if I won't sign? That would be unfortunate. But with stubborn cases, we must sometimes resort to other methods. Eventually, Mr. Underhill, you will sign.
8: Don, don, hey, stinking hey, don! Hey. Whoa,
7: whoa, whoa, Frank, what's the matter? What's the trouble, son?
8: That old humanoid.
7: Oh, you're not happy? You should be. It's guaranteed.
8: They took away my football. Hmm. They said it was too dangerous to play with it. And my roller skates and my scout knife and everything.
7: Did they leave you anything?
8: Just some stinking old plastic blocks. Soft blocks. They said I couldn't get hurt with them. Dad, I want my football back.
7: Can't you do anything? I don't know, son, I don't know.
10: Oh, Mr. Underhill.
7: Mind if I come in, Sledge?
10: No, not at all.
7: You mind if I keep working? Oh, go right ahead. It's good to see somebody working with his hands. Is something wrong? My son. The humanoids took his football away. They're everywhere. They've smashed my business, taken over my house. Sledge, isn't there some way to get rid of them?
10: That is exactly what I am trying to do.
7: You? What makes you think you can do anything?
10: Because you see, Mr. Underhill, I'm the unfortunate fool who started them.
7: You? I don't understand.
10: I started the humanoids. I've been running from them ever since.
7: You started them?
10: Yes, I invented them. I built the magnetic relays that operate Humanoid Central.
7: But, but why?
10: I, I wanted to bring happiness to humanity.
7: (laughs) Happiness, (laughs) that's great. My wife's been crying for two days, and you know why? Because she's bored stiff. There's nothing left for her to do. They won't even let her lift a little finger.
10: I don't blame you for feeling bitter, Mr. Underhill. It's all my fault. I wanted them to serve and obey, guard men from harm. No,
7: they do that all right. They've even emptied our medicine chest. It wouldn't do for one of us happy humans to end it all with a sleeping pill.
10: Mr. Underhill, I've made the most terrible mistake a man can make. But I meant well, believe
7: me. Then why did you do it?
10: I thought I could rid the universe of poverty and hunger by inventing the perfect mechanical. They're perfect, all right. Too perfect. Yes, that's the trouble. They obey the Prime Directive too literally. They kill men's souls with their kindness.
7: Uh, isn't there some way they can be
10: controlled? No. I didn't trust mankind, so I made sure that Humanoid Central could not be tampered with. Not even by myself.
7: Uh, then then what hope is there?
10: Only one. They are not creative. They can't meet new ideas.
7: You mean you've got one, Sledge? Yes. They can defeat anything they know about.
10: But I've got something new. A weapon to attack the brain of Humanoid Central.
7: Is that what you've been working on? Yes.
10: Now that they're here, there's little time left. Either we destroy them, or they will destroy us. Okay. What has to be done? This tuning circuit. Hmm? You see, I need two bus bars here. Hmm? Oh, can you read this diagram? I think so. Got my degree in electronics. Good. If you could help on the bench work, it would save time. Uh-huh. I've got plenty of time now. All right. But watch yourself. Don't let them see you come out here. If you can take the risk, so can I. No. As the inventor, I built a special immunity for myself into the Humanoid Central. But you don't have that immunity. They're rather unpleasant methods of dealing with their enemies. They can change you, you know. Change me? How? Oh. Brain surgery.
7: What do you mean? Never mind. Just be careful.
9: Mr. Underhill. Hmm?
7: Uh, what do you want? You're going to meet with Mr. Sledge. Uh, y- Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to collect the rent.
9: Mr. Underhill, you have spent the past two afternoons in his room. In view of your association with Mr. Sledge, we feel that our free trial must be terminated. We suggest that you accept our total service and make the assignment of your property immediately.
7: And if I don't?
9: Then, sir, we may be forced to resort to other methods.
7: Well, uh, give me one more day to think it over. Very well,
9: sir. Tomorrow. That will be your last chance.
7: is it? Underhill. Did they see you? No, not today. Sledge, we've got to hurry. It's difficult
10: to work, Mr. Underhill, but I'm almost finished.
7: They gave me till today. They said they'd use other methods. What's that? The humanoids. Building some kind of a warehouse across the road. Sledge, are you sure this thing will work? It's a new principle, Underhill. A tuned rotor-magnetic light
10: beam. It should act efficient the heavy atoms of the basic ores that we form. It will destroy Humanoid Central. But are you sure? I know the humanoids. I made them. They can't invent anything. They can't create defenses against something new. Ah. It's done. It's finished, Anayida. You
7: going to use it now?
10: Immediately. I'll have to feed the astronomical data into the calculating circuits. There must be zero error in focusing. What will happen? Wing Four will disappear in a chain reaction. Humanoid Central will be destroyed. They'll stop. Ready now. Stand clear, please. Powers building up. Step on the throttle your feet. You must be shielded when I cut into full power
6: load. How, I've
10: waited thirty years for this moment, Underhill. When Ring 4 is destroyed, the humanoids all over the galaxy will stop. They'll stop dead. You won't hear those drills. All right. Anything.
7: Sledge, listen. The drills have stopped. They've stopped. You can see them. The humanoids have stopped. They
10: couldn't guard against something they couldn't understand. It worked, Underhill. We're free now.
9: Goodbye, Wing
10: Ford. Humanoid Central is destroyed.
9: At your service, Mr. Underhill. No,
10: Sledge, get out of here.
9: Get out. You were attempting to break the Prime Directive. It is therefore necessary to interfere. But you stopped. I saw you, all of you. In order to guard against Mr. Sledge's beam, it was necessary to stop all units momentarily to concentrate power. That necessity has passed. But it was new. You can't invent anything, you. No, sir, but we were able to adapt the screening principle you yourself invented. For the past 30 years, Humanoid Central has been screened against any energy attack.
10: All these years
9: wasted. All these... Your immunity has ended, Mr. Sledge. It will now be necessary for you to accept our full service.
7: No. No, I'll stop you. I'll stop all of no, you. Sledge. I'll stop you with my bare hands. I'll kill you. Sledge. No, there's no use. Do not worry,
9: Mr. Underhill. At worst, he can yeah. destroy one unit. There are millions more. Sledge,
7: you'll hurt yourself. Sledge. Uh,
9: I'll
7: kill him. I He's sick. his hard. You, get a
9: doctor. Until he surrenders, we can neither aid nor hinder, Mr. Sledge. Do you surrender your immunity, Mr. Sledge?
6: Have to. Last chance. Gone. Yes, yes. Help me. Help me. At your service, Mr. Sledge.
9: You may see Mr. Sledge now, Mr. Underhill. Alone,
10: if you wish. In here. Thanks.
7: Sledge. Well, well, under here. Good to see you. Your head It's bandaged. Is it really? I've done something to you. Are you all right?
10: Oh, fine, fine. Never felt better. You never felt better? No. In fact, I feel ten years younger today.
7: You sound so... So happy.
10: Why not? These humanoids have made a new man on the underhill. They're wonderful, aren't they?
7: Wonderful? How can you say that, Sledge? Only yesterday you hated them. You were trying to destroy them. Destroy them? Why? You don't remember? You've forgotten what they're doing to us all? They're killing us with kindness. Taking away all our incentive and pride of accomplishment. Turning us all into pampered, useless pets. Parasites with nothing left to do but just sit with folded hands at the mercy of these mechanical monsters. At your service,
9: Mr. Underhill. You you seem troubled, Mr. Underhill. Are you unhappy?
7: Unhappy? You bet I'm unhappy. What have you done to Professor Sledge to turn him into this babbling idiot? We were forced to
9: operate. For years, Mr. Sledge has been suffering from a benign tumor of the brain. It caused him to have hallucinations, to believe that he was actually the creator of the humanoids. Did I? Yes. It was these delusions which were making you unhappy.
10: Oh. (laughs) Well, whoever did invent the humanoids, I certainly owe him a debt of gratitude now.
9: Sledge. You see, Mr. Underhill, we have ways to correct these abnormal conditions. Even Mr. Sledge is happy now. You... You operated on his brain? Yes, Mr. Underhill. And now we are at your service. At my service? You mean you're going to operate... No. No. The time has come for you to accept and enjoy our complete service. You will now sign our agreement. Look here, I... if you are unhappy, it only takes a simple
7: operation. No, no, who said I was unhappy? I'm very happy. I'll sign your paper. You don't have to operate on me. I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, they very happy.
6: Very happy. happy, Mr. Underhill's futile hands clenched and relaxed again and then folded quietly. There was nothing else left for them to do. You have just heard the Jack Williamson story with folded hands. An adventure in time, space, and the unknown world of the future. The world of... Dimension. X, X, X. Now, about next week. Do you believe that in the mind of man... There lies a force potentially more powerful than the atomic bomb? And perhaps someday, in the not too distant future... A man... Sitting quietly in his room, just thinking, may generate enough mental energy to control the destiny of the world. How? We'll tell you next week. Tonight's story on Dimension X was adapted for radio by John Dunkel. Featured in the cast were Philip Bourniff as Harry Underhill, Alexander Scorby as the humanoid, Peter Capel as Professor Sledge, and Bryna Rayburn as Aurora. Your host was Norman Rose. Tomorrow, hear Sam Spade. Now, it's Truth or Consequences on NBC.
4: And that's Dimension X from April 15th, 1950, an episode called With Folded Hands with Norman Rose as our host, as heard on NBC. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood
0: 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360.
4: Next time, it's Suspense from 1944 with Merle Oberon. You won't want to miss that. And then it's a 1940 episode of The Aldrich Family starring Ezra Stone. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.